the marketing podcast from Said Business School, Oxford University, and Kantar, the data insights and consulting company. In each episode, we speak to industry leaders about the big issues in marketing, sharing evidence and inspiration for the future. I'm Tara Prabhaka, Global Director, Client Impact. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. At Cantor. Hello everyone. I'm here today with Sergey Lesnikov, the Senior Global Digital Marketing and E-Commerce Manager from Philips. And Sergey and I are going to talk a bit about how to use search in creating branded content. Sergey has very successfully launched the Male Grooming Experience Center for Philips. And our conversation today will use that experience to understand a bit about search engine optimization, about how to create branded content, and so on. Welcome, Sergey. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So, Sergey, could you tell us a bit about your current role at Philips? I've been with Philips for around eight years. I worked across different digital domains, different roles. Most recently, for about three years, I've been working with our digital engagement search and content strategy for our personal care and personal health businesses. I had quite some privilege to work in one of the amazing projects where we built a solid content strategy and experience centers for our male grooming business in US. Subsequently, we scaled this approach and this winning strategy across other business and consumer categories worldwide. This project proves to be very interesting from several perspectives, such as data-driven and insight-driven content strategies that are deliver results and allow us to grow faster in the territories where we weren't present before. What was it that gave you the idea to get into this space and launch this male grooming experience center. I would say that I'm very passionate about data and search as well, because I think mm -hmm. search is quite a unique medium that can give you insights about consumers' needs and wants, what they are coming to search engines or other mediums to search for and to find information about. 
And I think today we live in a quite unique world where as a marketer, you have quite a lot of data to play with. And if you would like to be very specific, you can identify trends and a big picture. And that's actually what gave me idea to approach from the data perspective, this project, when I started to work on our digital engagement strategy for male grooming in the United States. We started exactly from the data point and we started to with a massive analysis of search landscape in the US to understand what people are searching about, when, where, what information they're looking for and what context is around it. So we literally analyzed over 25,000 keywords in this domain and some other demographic and social signals to first build a good understanding of what is the context around their search, what people want to know, what their journeys, what territories. And that actually helped us to identify quite strong opportunities for our brand because our brand is quite strong in the US and a lot of consumers are familiar with our brand. And we were able to identify very specific questions where we could help them, but also for consumers who on the journey to find out about their best male grooming routine. We identified several interesting territories and areas with a huge potential to not only capture a relevant traffic, but to also help consumers to bring the knowledge and to help them with the choices that they made with our brand. What was a very specific step that we saw a huge opportunity for evergreen content by looking at historical data, by looking at the seasonality and trends, where consumers are asking a lot of questions over the time to achieve their goals with our products, with our, without our products, and to actually support their inspiration. So we decided, based on the information that we had, we decided to actually start a pilot and based on these insights to work with agency Mavens of London to actually translate the research that we've done together with them and to create the content to help capture this traffic opportunity, but also help our consumers. It sounds really like a big task. And you mentioned about 25,000 keywords that you looked at. You also talked about journeys and territories. So could you give us an example of what that sounded like? What are territories, some of those 25,000 keywords? When you look from the perspective of big data, when you have various sources of information and various aspects, you're able to look at the search landscape from a bigger from helicopter view and you are able to see things that would not be possible if you would drill down and zoom in to a very specific keywords level because by by looking at all this massive amount of information and by applying specific methods to categorize and capture it you're able to identify a very specific territories which comprised of hundreds even thousands of keywords if you look from the perspective of understanding the territory understanding the business you're able to build them together and to see on a much bigger trend Maybe just to give a couple examples that by scanning all this huge number of keywords, 25,000 across different territories of male grooming, men's grooming routine, we were able to identify specific trends that connected to special seasons and seasonality moments, such as dry skin, such as ingrown hair, such as skin issues, which are very closely related to changing of seasons, where consumers are specifically going for specific remedies, or they want to understand and find out more about how to solve these problems. But if you look from another perspective, by, by looking at all the data around searches for trends around facial style and male grooming, you're able to identify not only what is 
topping now, but what is growing over the last year. So if you look from the perspective of trend line, you're able to predict what will be much bigger next year or a couple of years ahead. What we did, we looked at different aspects. Yeah? So we looked, of course, at problems, skin problems that consumers have, but also at inspirations. What is trending now? What consumers want to see? And basically by compiling a lot of this information, a lot of data points, we were able to build journeys of consumers who want what they want in terms of facial stylings, but also for consumers who don't know what they want. What do they do? What kind of searches do they use? And of course, you need to apply different sources of data. You need to apply demographic data, social signals. But in essence, what you can get in the end, if you know your territories, if you know what territories are parallel to yours, you are able to identify these unique opportunities where you add value to consumers who actually already familiar with you or who is searching in the territory that you can be present. We looked across different aspects and we were able to identify very interesting trends and very big trends for us where we as a brand can play and where we can actually add value to consumers. I think it's very important for us not only to capture this traffic, but actually to give consumers information that they're looking for. So to increase our brand preference. And this takes some time, I'd imagine, because if you're talking about seasonality, then you're talking about looking at this data for at least a year? Yes, even more. We took a four years time period for our analysis. And of course, we team up for this with a very strong partner, Mavens of London, who were able to bring their custom in-house search analysis tools and search intelligence expertise that they are accumulated, who can help us to actually build the models and build the data sets that were able to bring us this level of insights. After you did all of this data mining, what was the next step? There are different steps that are very crucial for coming up with an insight-based consumer strategy. So I think one of the First steps is to create a clear brief for research agency to understand what to look for, what to ignore, because uh, the search landscape is a very huge data set on its own. Once you identify a proper area, once you conduct this research, and once you accumulate the data, I think another very important step is to be able to translate this data into a more concrete and more relevant information flow So coming from the raw data to categorization, to clustering, to insights, that's a very important step to be able to translate this data and to be able to onboard key stakeholders in business, marketing, content, so to brainstorm together. Once you have this translation and once you are able to work together to distill this information and to properly identify key priorities, I think the the next very important step is how to actually translate it from the data, from the strategy point point of view to content brief, to content creation. Because I think it, it, it's one of the most important parts, I would say, because a lot of content that is search-driven, that is SEO-driven, is very dry in terms of engagement and human touch. And I think here you need to be very thorough and work with a lot of creative insight as well to, to be able to translate this content that should be discoverable, but also should be engaging to actually make it so people would enjoy to read it, but would also be able to understand that this is relevant for them. So basically, once you do this, and that's why I think we were lucky enough that we uh, work with Mavens in both research and content creation phase, where we 
had the same team who worked with our stakeholders, with our marketing creative people to actually translate it and to keep the knowledge, to keep insights and to create the content that resonates with them, but also adds engagement touch. It seems like it's a process of funneling from the very beginning where you set yourself a brief and then move to synthesizing the data into clusters and so on. It seems like a funnel. How broad should you have the beginning or the brief when you start this entire process? For you, what was it? It's very interesting because we also use a lot of word funneling for strategic part of this project for targeting as we dedicate different funnels for different parts of our content strategy. In terms of process, I think you start from, from the top, but you try to focus this funnel in a very important way and in a, in, in a very strategic way because uh, the funnel can be very broad and you won't be able, even with today's analytic tools, analytic teams, AI, you won't be able to actually process all this funnel. So you need to be very selective and very careful what you are trying to research. Maybe just to give you example that even in a men's grooming routine, I think for us, one of the areas and territories where we won't be able to add substantial value and interest consumers is any parts related to growth of the hair, of facial hair, where a lot of manufacturers of gels and creams are playing there. So we need to be very selective and understand where we as a business can play and where we can add value. So right at the beginning, you would be doing a bit of boundary setting as well. Absolutely. And uh, one of the critical elements for us is to onboard teams and uh, experts who are working on research, on analysis, onboard them on our business strategy, onboard them on our marketing strategy. So they are not only work with us, but have knowledge on what is relevant and what is not relevant. And that will help to calibrate what we're going to look for and how we're going to process information. And I think that's a very important step, which we started in the beginning of the project, where we worked with Maven's team to make sure they understand where we are coming from and what is our business focus. And you talked also about creating successful content and the importance of adding the human touch to search data. Could you give us an example of what you mean by dry search data versus adding the human touch? When you look at the data purely, you can be limited to only answering the question if it's asking in a very simple form, not giving the context around how, how this content can actually engage consumers. So one of the examples that we had is that we know that there is a lot of search around travel shaver in the United States, right? Because a lot of people want to have mobility, wants to travel. But then if you just purely be data-driven and site-driven, you would just answer which travel shaver you have and how it can help consumer. But, but if you look from an engagement point of view, you can twist around and you can you can create a question, but what makes uh, a good travel shaver? And that's where purely data can only give you data point that consumers are interested to learn more about it. They, they're interested to search about it. They're interested to find out more. But then there is still a human touch. There is still a creative touch to actually twist it around to make it interesting for consumer. Because if you would continue my story and if you ask... One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment. 
you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds, videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What makes great travel share what features what qualities how it actually matches with consumer expectation again based on what they highlight in their searches then you can make it engaging to read interesting to read and maybe share and even maybe engage in many other ways so i think that from my experience uh, i think for us equally as data insights were creative teams who would help us to translate these data points into something conversational and uh, what we see on the philips male grooming experience site is that a direct result of the the project you're talking about or is there a further level of creative working on that insight to arrive at what's on the website i think one of the key uh, objective for us as a team uh, together with our partners apart from uh, being data driven side driven is to actually find a relevant queries problems challenges inspiration that consumers are looking for and try our best to answer them to help consumers because we looked at this from the perspective of consumers ourselves if you are coming to a brand or if you are coming to any experience or player and then you can find some information that actually relevant for you at the moment you are looking for it then i think you would like this brand a bit more So for us one of the key goals was to ex- actually answer it in the, in the most engaging in the most simple in the most humanistic way and I think that help us to uh, set the high standard for us how we how we're going to create this content and as I mentioned before I think a lot of work came from our creative teams we had dedicated uh, creative directors we have uh, content specialists who who helped us actually to put this into more conversational way so i would say that this gold united us and uh, in the end i think we managed to create a quite interesting engaging content for consumers what makes it interesting and what makes it human really is the fact that it's conversational it's framed in the way a consumer or you know a person who's looking for this information will view the problem as opposed to a manufacturer's view of the problem even your categories and the way the categories are listed on the Uh, site seem to be very consumer oriented as opposed to being marketer oriented this project was one of the first where we incorporated consumer insights search insights at the core of everything we do and this project proved to be very successful and we see that that tra- traffic is growing at a rapid pace much much higher than we expected but also engagement and conversion is growing at the same so we see that this content that this approach resonates with consumers and we deployed this content to other categories as well in other countries we deployed to other businesses totally different such as kitchen appliances oral health care beauty coffee and we see that it actually pays out and it's it's a very good signal for us to 
onboard this approach to more core activities, to navigation, to taxonomy, to categorization, because actually this helps you to be more relevant and uh, remove a lot of hassle from consumer discovery journey. And is this content a living content? Are you still working on adding to this, changing this in line with how consumer trends are evolving? I think for this question, it's important to differentiate between different types of content. So we have on one side uh, evergreen content, which proves to be stable for a couple of years and more trending and seasonal content. When we started with this research, we analyzed historical data for the last four years across different categories. And we saw that there is a lot of questions that consumer asking on a recurring basis, which can be related to seasonality or to some other changes. And it's more of evergreen content. We can create content and we can, with a minimum effort of maintenance, stay relevant for several years. And of course, there is a more trending content, more seasonal, more trend-setting content, which requires much more rapid approach. So for us as a brand, it was a very clear choice where we saw that questions that consumer ask with regards to territories which we can help is a more evergreen approach because we also do and we are thinking about more trend-setting content. But I think this area is a very differently driven by publishers and by other authority sites. While evergreen content is very interesting for us also to help consumers because that's where we already can play and can, can deliver value. So for this question, we started with evergreen content, which uh, requires maintenance. Uh, but I think it can be more or less relevant for between two and five years, which, which we also would like to monitor and to understand how often trends I change with regards to evergreen content. And of course, to add new content, but also to understand how to reposition and how to repurpose existing content. But I would say that this is the first step with evergreen content, and we will be looking towards more trend and uh, rapid content. But I think for that one, you would need we would need different capabilities in the team. And is the current content optimized for all screens? Was that a consideration? One part of the research that we did is exactly understand consumer behavior. Consumers are searching from what type of question they search from, and of course. The data help us understand global shift towards mobile, also for this type of content and this type of inquiries. And the content uh, and the decision was, of course, to create content mobile first with follow-up transit on desktop, but also looking at the data which help, can help us understand where to move on next, because we can see that the visual searches start playing more important role. AR, which consumers want to see how specific facial style would look like on them with assistance uh, voice search. So I think that's also something that we need to incorporate and try and start experimenting how to address consumer searches on that area. So you're saying that going forward, the way consumers search itself, we can already see that happening, but going forward, it's going to be perhaps less text and more visual and more voice-assisted search that we see. And so content needs to be optimized for that as well. There are already several trends that are picking up uh, with voice search and assistance, with uh, visual and video search growing very fast, much faster than traditional search, local search. Brands are also pushing for AR, VR search. So I think those are very relevant trends. And of course, we need to understand where we can be more relevant for our consumers, for consumers who are searching for our territories 
which medium channel and what content they are looking for, and of course, adopt. We see that video content is very attractive where consumers want to do more DUI via video uh, channels, uh, sites like YouTube. We also see that a lot of consumers asking questions and they want to try and preview the style before actually putting effort into it where things like AR would go and play. But we also see that a lot of quick question answers coming also via voice search. So all these trends are relevant. We just need to, of course, to prioritize and to start to play which one would be more beneficial for our consumers. What about the role of influencers and content that is um, created by influencers? I think one of the key learnings which we have from our research, which we've done across many countries uh, by now, we see that fundamentally the data allow us to build different journeys for consumers and we see several main journeys so one journey can be from consumers who seek inspiration uh, look for influencers and trying to understand what trends they want to follow and what is suitable for them and i think for those journeys indeed influencers very important aspect Uh, another large portion of the journeys we found is consumers who already know what they want so they are inspired by influencer already or they inspired by their friends and they're coming to search engine or to any other medium and to ask how they want to create what they want or consumers who are looking for a product and they want to understand what product can create for them for those consumers i would say that influencers play a role not as strong as for consumers from previous journey because those consumers know what they want and we see that proportionately they are somewhat equal in terms of quantity. And I think for brands uh, who very focused in the bottom part of the journey of the funnel, where they can help consumers to make decisions to help drive uh, understanding which product fit for them, I think it's very important to start from that perspective and to see how they can start playing in a more upper funnel of the journey. But still, I would say that we see that performance of our content targeted for consumers who know what they want is very strong and we see a direct benefit. Of course, we would like to try uh, for the areas where we can advise consumers on some of the trends and we are doing several initiatives on that matter, but we don't have such explicit evidence now that consumers engage in in the same way as they engage with the first type of the content. Going forward, what is the role that you think AI can play in search engine optimization? I think what we already see as a pain off with regards to this specific approach we use for male grooming in US and other countries is that AI helps search engines and also marketeers to to look more towards intent from you from consumers and not purely on a keywords or other elements basis. So we see that that Google already integrated its AI algorithm with the name BERT uh, as a third most important factor and serving 50% of all searches on Google. So I think it's already a very important step that Google is making towards integrating AI to drive more fundamental decisions for its search engine. And I think fundamentally, we are all marketers need to change our approach from a very purely keyword or specific element driven to a more intent to try to understand what consumers are searching or want in the context, not basically using a one type of input data approach, but actually try to, to see the context. And I think what that's what we see 
uh, also in in part of our success that we are equally engaging for consumers, but also for search engines, as we see that our rankings for the content and our performance of the content outperforms all objectives and targets that we said before. That is very relevant, not only for consumers, but also for search engines too. And they try to prioritize our content and they consumers engage and search engines prioritize our content. And we see a very strong growth. I think that AI will even push it further. listening to Future Proof. For all episodes and more information, visit Kantar.com or OxfordFutureOfMarketing.com. Please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you know when new episodes are released. Thank you.